This is another five-star production. Scorekeepers podcast. We're always keeping the score. I am one of your hosts, Robert. Actually, this week, to the left of me, we got Clayton. Howdy. Off in parts unknown, we have YB Khalil. Robert. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, joining us from, do you want to be parts unknown or you don't care about your location? You think somebody's going to come get you? I, I, I don't think anybody's gonna come get me not that i'm aware of okay well stats and research Besides, i won't be here I, and if there is somebody who's gonna come get me by the time they get here i'll be gone so okay that's fair enough okay that's fair enough all right joining us remotely from somewhere out in the midwest we have stats and research brandon say well, hello to the people how's it going people okay so clayton take it away Thank okay you. Well, this week was a jam-packed week in sports. A lot of things happening in college football. We're going to kick it off right with that. Uh, Utah beat USC 47-24 to in the Pac-12 championship, just absolutely ruining the hopes and dreams of the USC faithful. And my boy, Lincoln Riley, I told you he wasn't ready for prime time. Give me some. High five. Thank you. Uh, Lincoln, Riley, Lincoln Riley out of the playoff. Uh, Caleb Williams also apparently having a significant hip injury. Uh, so hamstring, hamstring. Hamstring. Sorry, my bad. You're right. Hamstring. A significant hamstring injury putting his bowl game uh, starting things in hope. Uh, but, yeah, USC lost. So, as you could tell by the rest, you heard it today. Ohio State jumped and became the number four overall seed. Georgia beat LSU 50-30. to Nothing to talk about there. Uh, Michigan beat Purdue 43-22. Nothing to really talk about there. That game was close up until halftime, and then after halftime, it just, just shot out everything. Now, the, big, the game in question, the controversial game, I guess you want to call it, yeah, I, even though I don't think it's controversial at all, Kansas State beating TCU 31 to 28 in overtime. Max Duggan, put your hand put your hand down. They can't even see you. So? <laughs> so Max Duggan putting the team on his back. I have to give him props. He he was probably the best player on championship weekend. To, uh, 251 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 15 carries for 110 yards and one touchdown. Did you know, Khalil, that in that, that I guess, game-tying drive, he had 95 yards of rushing? Yes. And they only had 80 yards to go because of all the penalties and yeah, everything like yeah, that? The kid, the kid absolutely put the team on his back. Nothing else you could really say from that. But... We've all discussed this, but Brandon, I wish you were you were at Twin Peaks so we could have this conversation. Cause my best friend, one of my best friends, 
Fed going off the fucking rails. Sore loser. <laughs> wow. Bro, oh, he, uh, no. he, he channeled his inner Nick Saban getting on the ESPN oh. to start politicking. Brandon, talking you... about talk about spreads. You, hypothetical spread <laughs> you don't even know the fucking half of it man telling me that alabama was the far better team and pretty much the regular season doesn't matter we should just go by what the media says because obviously bama would have gave them a better or gave whoever what ended up being number one which is georgia a better opportunity or a better game rather than tcu but uh, this is going straight at fed Okay, and only fed. Uh, I don't understand why we're even having this conversation when the playoffs got introduced. Uh, what, Brandon? Ten years ago? A decade ago? It feels like, right? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, almost a decade ago. I it think. Came, no, it, no, twenty fifteen. Okay. I think twenty fourteen was the last year of the BCS. Got it. All right. So. When they introduced the playoff, it was, you know, the Power Five schools. It was the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, the ACC. Uh, who am I missing? The SEC. It, it was made for them. It just so happened last year that Cincinnati went undefeated, or they lost one game in two years. And it was like, ah, maybe we should give Cincinnati a shot. And we saw how, how great that worked out. The playoff was made so that every top-tier conference uh, team could have an opportunity at the national championship. That's why they made the playoff. It just so happened that a couple of years, two SEC schools made it because of, you know, the rest of the conferences not being very well. We saw that with Oklahoma State last year losing. We saw that the year before, or in 2017, when Alabama didn't have to play for their championship and they just sat at home, everyone knowing that they were going to sneak into the playoff because of the Auburn-Georgia SEC championship game. TCU won 11 games this season. 12 games this season. 12. Put your hand down. Alabama won nine games this season. I don't understand why. No, they did. They won 10. They won 10 games this season. Whatever. I don't even understand as to why we are having this conversation this is why we have the regular season, okay? That's all it is. That's it. That's the end of the discussion. You lost two games. The other team lost one game, and their one game came in their conference championship. Meanwhile, Alabama was fourth in the SEC. How Make that make sense. Tennessee, and we're not even talking about Tennessee beating Alabama because they're backup, and the playoffs consider, you know, injuries going into the equation. They were the fourth team in the SEC. Why are we even even having this fucking debate? Yeah, like what's the point of having a regular season if you're just going to do recency bias? You're exactly. Gonna, be, judge it based off the last four games. Yes, Alabama has been a lot better in the last four games of the season, but that doesn't mean that you deserve to get a playoff spot just because of that. You should have beat Georgia when you had the chance. You should have beat Tennessee when you had the chance. You lost two games. Sorry. LSU. Or LSU, yeah. Yes. Sorry. Like, get over it. Oh, well. Brandon, your thoughts on on the whole debacle that was? Well, I mean, I think if there is a debate, the debate isn't about TCU. It should be about Ohio State and Alabama. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, like TCU, look, TCU went, like they had an undefeated regular season. Um, yeah, they played some close games. They, I think five, five 
they were five. They won five, um, one possession games or something like that yeah. in the regular season. Uh, or come no come from behind wins. I think it was in the regular season. Um, you know, but yeah, look, are they are they gonna gonna do they play Georgia? No, they play Michigan. Are they gonna beat Michigan? Yeah. I don't have beating Michigan. I think Michigan's gonna beat the brakes off them. But they deserve to be in there. They deserve a shot. Um, Alabama. Um, to we'll, we'll we'll I'll do this from Nick Saban's argument. Nick Saban like got got up there to politic, started talking about his team should get in because if you if you put Alabama against the other teams in the equation, so Ohio State, TCU, um, maybe USC or Tennessee, um, Alabama would be favored in all those games. That was his argument. Well, I'm going to give Nick Saban, break a little news to him. Also, you fed. I'm not sure if you knew, but in your two losses against LSU and Tennessee, you were also favored in those games. And you lost. So the hypothetical point spread argument, eh, not that great. Eh, so I don't, I can't really, can't really help you there. I thought, look, I will admit the only reason I kind of, would have rooted for Alabama to get in there is only because I'm not really here for this 12 team playoff thing. Neither am I. And we're here. We're here at this point for the 12 team playoff because all the people talking about, you know, everybody, you know, then four spots isn't enough. Like we need to give everybody a chance because it's not fair that, for example, in this case, you know, Alabama or Tennessee or LSU gets left out of the playoffs. Um, so we need to have more teams and they, you know, they got to 12. So I honestly kind of would have liked it because it would have been kind of funny if that for just the middle finger to those people to have Alabama, because this is a, a that argument is an anti Alabama, basically. That's kind of what the expansion thing is about. So it would have been funny for Alabama to backslide in there and, if they were able to beat Georgia and, you know, probably Michigan and win the national title anyway. So that I thought that would have been funny. But do they deserve it? Hell Well, talking about the 12-team playoff, if I just want to give you guys some background information, if the 12-team playoff was implemented today, Kansas State and Utah, along with Michigan and Georgia, would have a first-round bye. That's two two-loss teams that have a first-round bye. I'm against a 12-team playoff, but I think it should still have been extended. Like, I like my, my, my ideal would have been just somewhere between six to, or, or eight uh, teams. I think 12 is too much we, also. We all agreed on eight. We all sat here yeah, a yeah. year ago and said, yeah, eight's perfect. Yeah, eight's right. solid. No, 12, 12 we, we, we've lost the plot at that point. Like, you have to play for something. It can't just be, oh, we lost three games, but <laughs> we still got a chance. Not even like, that, bro. And no disrespect to Tulane. But Tulane would be in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Facing Tennessee, I think. Do you understand how insane that is? Yeah, I know. But it's also we doing the thing of, oh, well, I know this team's going to beat this team in a playoff. And that, I mean, uh, is, it, is it guaranteed? We're doing it. We're no, do- no, no, here, no, here, no you're here, absolutely here, right. Any said, given Saturday, we, you're absolutely right. Any, I should pump the brakes. Se- any, uh, any other season, we could say, oh, Alabama's going to get it done. You really think you're guaranteeing a win <laughs> if, they, if, if they're in, implemented in this playoff? Are we sure about that? Because if they go out there and lay an egg and lose, then we're all going to sit here, oh, we let them in for what reason? I mean, somebody said yesterday that 
they weren't going to get past the first round anyway unless they played TCU. But they weren't going to play TCU. That is also true. Like, oh, are we guaranteeing they're beating Michigan? I, I, I kind of don't think so. <laughs> I kind of don't think so. so I think uh, they beat Michigan. You think Alabama would beat Michigan? Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, like I'm we... Not, I, I'm not, like, I just... All Michigan... Like, that's not all they have, but they're primarily, like, the run is what you got to worry about. Um, my question with the Alabama defense is that secondary. Well, again, this is all hypothetical because... And also, not for nothing, okay, Alabama doesn't make the playoff for one time One time in how many years? Well, first time having, in the entire playoff, uh, Clemson and Alabama will not be in the playoff. And everybody's, like, having a panic attack of, like, oh, my God, how could they do this? Oh, no, I lied. Yeah. Y- y'all will be okay. Y'all be back next year. Well, everyone will be back next yeah, year. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Wait, it starts next year? Yeah, it starts no, next I year. Was, no, no, I no, thought no. it was two years from now. No, no, 2024. Yeah, it was oh, two yeah, years from yeah, now. Two years from now. So we're not sure from. if they'll be back next year. Mm. Well, it is Alabama, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, dad. Uh, I just have one quick thing to say. Uh, Brandon, you're going to fucking get a kick out of this because I was talking to Khalil Robert about it uh, yesterday. Uh, the only main thing for me uh, coming, you know, hashtag Homer pod, the only main thing for me, I'm more upset that I have to face an Ohio state team that came off extra weeks rest, sitting at home, doing absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, we had to play in the sec championship game. And I told Khalil and I told Rob both of this, that I I'm going to hear it by the end of the fucking playoff, because either. Marvin Harrison puts up 150 yards in Kelly Ringo's head or and wins, or he puts up 150 yards on Kelly Ringo's head and loses. I still believe in Kelly Ringo, but the way that he played yesterday, I don't know if you guys know this because we weren't really paying attention to the game because it got blown out. LSU had over 500 yards of passing. Jesus Christ. That's did you not, realize that? No, I did not realize that. Over 500 yards of passing. I mean, a lot of that had to do because they were down three touchdowns. But 500 game. yards of passing, Brandon, is still 500 yards of passing. But I agree with you, and that's why. I, look, you looked at me crazy when I told you about them about your your, your defensive back. I told you them them boys suspect. I'm them not, I still li- I still like them. I just know Marvin Harrison is the far. better I like him too. I just know Marvin Harrison is the far better athlete. Colin talks this about tells this about me every time, or we talk about it every time. The five-star corners, the four-star corners, being a corner is the hardest position to play in football, with the way, especially a young kid. Because, you know, you don't get away with anything. Everything's defensive pass interference, holding, everything. Like, it's really hard to be a true shut-down corner in college. And, I mean, we see it every given day. Uh, Kelly Ringo was a five-star corner. And we see him not, I mean, not every single game, but he's gotten burned a couple times. It, it, it happens to the best of them. And now Marvin Harrison is sitting at home watching these games, you know, being the best wide receiver in the fucking country. Doing the bird man. Yeah, his head exactly. I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I think, I think you're, uh, I think you're a little overselling that just cause like, it's not like y'all play next week. Y'all not playing for like a month. And then I think that like, them not having played football and like that point would be what five six weeks until that game. I think I that's think it's more three, likely. It's, it's three weeks away on December thirty first. Okay, so three weeks away for you. Uh, four weeks it'd for be them. Four weeks for them. So, I mean, it's a little bit more rest, but both of you are getting ample rest and 
like I said, you would have played football more frequently. When you're talking about extended rest like that, especially like, I mean, look, I personally, I, I the only concern I would have, and it's three weeks, four weeks rest wouldn't matter anyway, is Ohio State is probably going to be healthier because they weren't healthy at the end of the year. They lost their top two running backs. Um, uh, what's his name? Jackson Smith Najigba yeah. was hurt. Who like everybody? Like Marvin Harrison gets like all the highlights as, and and the and the hype and all that as he should. But Jackson Smith Najigba, um, like let's not forget, like he he's a dude as well. He was a dude um, last year with Olave and all of them, um, and Garrett Wilson. That boy could play as well. So I think that, in my personal opinion is the bigger concern is I, I would anticipate Ohio State to get uh, – and honestly, it's not even the Jigba. Like, a Jigba is going to be a problem, but the one you, you don't want healthy is Trayvon Henderson. Um, and that, that, I think, would be my biggest concern if I were you. But, you know, we'll, we'll see we, how it goes. We could, have, we could talk more about it, you know, as the, as the days come. As you know, yeah, as it gets closer. But my favorite time uh, next week – no, two weeks, bowl week. Remember last year with all the crazy-ass bowls that we had? I'm excited for bowl week. Uh, Orange Bowl, literally being orange. Tennessee yeah. Tennessee versus fucking Clemson. Clemson. Literally the Orange Bowl. <laughs> they, also, they also called it We Got Beat by South Carolina Bowl. But yeah, we'll talk more about college football in the coming. They week should rename that the Beamer Bowl. That that's what everyone on Twitter was saying as well. Uh, but we'll talk more about the the college football playoff as a whole in the coming weeks. Hopefully, we can give you another great pod that you guys will never hear ever again. Right. Oh. <laughs> there, there. <laughs> uh, maybe we could give you guys another like little inside pod uh, the week before, the day before, or something like that. But we'll still give you the bowl games because the bowl games are honestly fun. Um, but let's move on. Anything you guys want to say before playoffs? Everyone's fine with the rankings. You're good with that. Yeah, I was one of the rankings. I'm just you're good with that. Playoff related. Playoff related. I'm fine. Playoff related? All right. Uh, we got the football, the 1 o'clock games. Steelers. Wait, the... hold up. What? Y'all just y'all skipping over Dion? Oh, shit. Oh. My bad. My bad. I forgot. I forgot. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, if you haven't heard, Dion Sanders is going to Boulder, Colorado, accepting a $5 million like signing deal, right, Brandon? Yeah, five million a year. Five million. Five, oh, five million a year. Okay, five million a year. Um. I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, I asked Khalil and Rob. You probably know more about it, Brandon, than I do. But I'm not disrespecting Deion Sanders as a coach because obviously back-to-back swag titles. Uh, first time Jackson State's been undefeated in school history. Um, I'm not really questioning him at all. I, I just have the question, is he actually coaching? Like, is he like – does he have his pulse on the offense? Does he have his pulse on the defense? Or is he just like a, a leader of men type of role? Do you know that, Brennan, off the top of your head? Um, I do not. I do know his Jackson State staff was actually pretty impressive. Um, he had, uh, he had, I think he had like Mike Zimmer, like working as like an analyst or something like that on mm-hmm. that staff. Like he, like, if you looked at his staff, he had, like, all kinds. Of, like, you're like, whoa, he's over there? 
That's crazy. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I would assume, if anything, he's a defensive guy, more of a defensive backs guy, more specifically, probably. Although Saban has a pretty good understanding of defense as a whole, but um, he's very involved in the defensive backs because that's Saban's background. Um, so, you know, I personally, I actually do have questions about how good a coach he actually is. And not that I'm saying he's a bad coach. I just don't know how good a coach he is. Um, that was that was also my my main concern as well. But you can keep going. Yeah, like I'm not taking away what he did at Jackson State, um, you know, because he like look. I, my question is, he's he basically had a lot of like Power Five and G Five talent on that team. Um, I I'll be honest, I didn't watch any of their games, so I can't tell you how we- much. We actually, he had. Well, we actually watched a swag title at Twin Peaks, and they blew out Southern like handily. Oh yeah, they did. They they yeah. He, he out here like mopping people. Mm-hmm. But and like and like, look, no offense to HBCUs and anything like that, but the talent, a lot of the talent that he had on that roster, is just far superior. Like they're bigger, faster, stronger, and just more talented than a lot of dudes on HBCUs. That's just what it is. It's anytime you get when you know when Georgia has to come play like Georgia State or whatever like that. Like that's a money game because like the Georgia's like third string, not third and fourth string dudes are like bigger and better than those than their first string. It's just what it is. Um. So like, is he is he winning? Did he do have all that success at Jackson State because he just had in like far superior talent? Or and and or how much of it was coaching? I don't really know. I get we're gonna I will find out now. I guess at at uh, Colorado. But I have a bit of a hot take for you on this issue here on Dion. I don't know if any of you will agree with me. Um, Clayton, I know Khalil doesn't know, but Clayton, are do you remember or are you aware that Colorado was once a dominant program in college football? Define dominant. They were a dominant program in the 80s and the 90s, uh, particularly the early 90s, um, right alongside Miami. Um, and in fact, in 1990, they shared the national title. I, do, I don't remember that. I do remember a lot of old school highlights of Colorado. I didn't realize they were always that good. They were, look, I wouldn't say, I, they weren't on the level, certainly not the level of Miami. I do, I, I do want to say... I do want to say real quick, because we actually, again, we talked about it yesterday. He's following, one, following in Mel Tucker's footsteps. And also, Mel Tucker, when he was there, they had a winning season for the first time. A decent winning season. I think they were ranked for the first time in a long time. Uh, that's when yeah. LaVisca Schult Jr.? I no, might be, yeah. No. I might be saying that name wrong, but I think he's on the J- Jaguars now. That's when he was, like, one of the top wide receivers in the draft. Yeah, they 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 actually are. They have a history of being a a dominant program at one time. Also, quick sidebar: shout out to them because they are the first uh, Power Five program to hire three consecutive black coaches. Oh, all right, solid. Yeah, they've hired four in their uh, program's existence, which I believe is also the most. Um, but um. The hot take. I, I have my hot take 
on this is I with the twelve teams expansion here. And, Ooh, I, and can the ability, <laughs> I can already the ability see it. The ability of going. The, oh, and, the, and the transfer portal being what it is and NIL. I think the I think Dion can make uh uh Colorado a playoff contender wow. within five years. Oh, well, you're giving him five years. He may not stick around for five years. What I mean, I'm not I'm not praying on Dion's downfall, but God forbid Actually, God forbid he fucking is out there and is an ass coach in the P five. I'll give him three, actually. Three I think he can do it. Three yeah, I think seasons he and he will yeah. be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. All right. Particularly because that third season would be when the actually no, the second season would be when the uh twelve team playoff starts. But look, from what's 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 said already, he's got I don't know if you've seen this, he's got uh um what's it called? Uh are you familiar with the Winston Watkins? Say that again? Winston Watkins, are you familiar with him? No, I'm not. He's, he's a 2025 recruit out of IMG. He is the cousin of Sammy Watkins, the number one wide receiver in that class. <laughs> um, he already committed to Colorado. Uh, wow. Okay. And by uh, it, it, Shador Sanders is uh, you know obviously his son is going there with him. Um, it's widely expected that Travis Hunter is going to follow him as well. Um, I'm not sure. Are, do you remember Trey Sanders? That I do. Running There's back. no shot. No shot Trey, Trey Sanders. Sanders is going to Colorado. Trey Sanders tweeted at Deion Sanders. Do you have any room for me, Unc? Oh, my God. The number one running back in the 2019 class, correct? I think it was 2020. 2020 class. Number one running back in the 2020 class going to Colorado. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, and, sorry, and look, you can keep I, going. I, I read a tweet from Josh Newberg. Um, for if you for don't if you follow recruiting, he's a he used to write, uh, be a, a two four seven reporter for the Seminoles. I believe he just works like national recruiting for like on three or something like that now. So he works for somebody else. I think he does like national recruiting though. I saw a tweet literally before we came on. He said that um, a source in the Colorado program told him that. In basically 24 hours, over 200 kids in the portal and recruits have already reached out to Dion and his staff and the pros. Yeah, um, and many of, them, many of them are four and five star recruits. Wow. Well, I mean, Khalil just put this in the chat right now. I don't know if you saw it while you were on the phone, but uh, he just sent us a tweet saying, Dion made it clear to the Colorado players that he's bringing his own luggage with them and, and quote unquote, and it's Louie, so they better take a look at the transfer portal. So he's already fucking putting his this mark. He's already putting his mark on the program. Um, I'll get to you guys. I'll get to you guys. And oh, do you want to play it? Oh, okay, go ahead, play it. We got uh, Rob's gonna play it off the computer right now. So go ahead, Rob. Yeah, so don't bring my luggage with me. And it's Louie. It ain't gonna be no more of the mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get here, it's gonna be changed. 
So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do what you're gonna get. If you want to jump in, it's gonna ruin your mess. Because we bring kids that are smart, say that smart, smart, tough, tough. That's two days. <laughs> two days. Yo, two bro. days. He's been there. Two I'm not gonna days. hold you. Listen, listen, oh y'all laughing. Y'all laughing at the part where he told him to hop in the portal. That's not the funniest part about that video. The funniest part about that video is after he told them boys to hop in the portal and is telling them like, yo, who I'm a bring, I'm a bringing guys that he's like, you know what? I'm gonna bring out the weight. You know what? Y'all say it with me. All y'all who not good enough to play here. All y'all say it with me who I'm bringing in. I'm bringing in guys who are smart, tough. That shit was hilarious. I was like, oh my God. Oh, God. Like, now look, to be fair, to be fair to Dion. Because I know there might be some people out there who like, oh, Dion, you got to do them like that. Like, that's kind of disrespectful and all that stuff. Look, maybe it is. But guess what? Colorado has probably been the worst program in the Power Five for the last, like, three years. They have won five games in the last three years. That is the truth. So, Like, you can't, you know. get, you can't get any worse. You would hope. You would hope. I think they'll be fine, but yeah. I think I, – I don't even think Bandy's been that bad. I mean, Bandy's SEC championship winners. I mean, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, you're right. I mean, just you're right. Bandy should have been in the playoffs. What are we talking oh, about? Man, here we go. All right, all right. Here we go. All right. Uh, I mean, my. I mean, you pretty much. You pretty much handed it us uh, on a silver platter, Brandon. You pretty much good insight. But I mean, we don't really know how. I don't. I don't want to disrespect the HBCU. I really don't. But these are kids that are like Brandon said. They're not. Power five. Some of the kids are not. Power they're not five. even G five, Clay. Yeah, like G five kids are better. So, like when you have that type of stature in your program, program. When you have that type of stature, right. you you look up to that. You buy into that. That I completely understand, and that I personally think that's why Jackson State was so good is because they believe they was, believed in it. In, in but college, now in college, that's all you need is for players to buy in. That's that, all you. I need. I mean, we see it with Jimbo Fisher, but God, I digress. Bad Orgeron. That's what I tried to tell him yesterday. That's what I tried to tell him yesterday. Well, will will the buy-in transfer over to? Kids, I mean, yeah, Colorado, but it's still a Power Five school. Will it transfer over to kids that have already been handed a silver platter? They have recruits, they've had interviews, they've had all this. These kids at the HBCU, they don't really get all that until Dion got there. You get what I'm saying? And I'm not disrespect. Like I'm, like I said, I'm not trying to disrespect them, but it is a different ball game in the P5. I do I not. Think he knows that. Though. I don't think he doesn't know. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he doesn't know that. But I just want to see if his same tactics would work in Colorado rather than where they worked at Jackson State. He well, like, you... like Brandon's, uh, like uh, your brother-in-law, I guess. Like he said, I, I to him staying at Jackson State, I think it was fantastic. I wasn't there for the podcast, but he was great for HBCU. Great, and you saw that on the field. You saw that everywhere. He. We have never seen enough social media on HBCUs until Dion finally got to that school. Finally. And now he's going to go over to Colorado. We, and no disrespect to Jackson State, we may never even talk about Jackson State in the same breath ever again. So I just want to see if they will still buy into what he's saying and the things that he does. I, and I'm I not going to say he's going to be well, ass. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm gonna, I want to see I'm gonna it say. happen first. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm going to tell you the biggest thing with Dion and what you're going to see 
you're going to really see this is like his first actual test of what kind of coach he is. And it doesn't matter what kind of coach. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm not talking about he doesn't have to be a guy who, like, you know, is like a defensive genius or an offensive genius or shit. Like, he, if he's just like the leader of men, rah, rah, give him speech, go out there, and that's his thing, that's fine. But, like, we're going to see how good a coach he actually is and how effective he can be because, look, he's got Colorado, and, yeah, it'll take, like, the portal will probably help flip that roster a lot faster than normal, and he'll probably be able to recruit well. But, look, the Pac-12, he's still got Oregon in there. He's got USC in there at least until 2025, so at least next year and the year after for the next two years. UCLA don't, was don't, well, forget, yeah. don't, for, don't forget about Utah too, man. Utah's a tough. I was team. going to get there. Utah, Utah as well. Like Utah, back to back Pac-12 championships. Washington's a good program too. Like, there's a lot of competition there, and like some of these schools, uh, like look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know, and and maybe this might be uh, for another episode. Maybe we have Colin on, and he can he lives out there, so maybe he can have better insight. I really think USC moving over to the Big Ten was a terrible move. I, I think it'd be really, really difficult. I know they're going to get the money, but there's no, like, you're playing all your games. You're going over there. So you're going to be asking kids in Southern California, that's their recruiting base, which is a very rich and talented recruiting base, trying to get them to go over there and play six games a year or whatever it is half their games, you know, in Michigan, in Penn State, in, in Ohio State, in that not cold in snow weather, in yeah. the dead of winter, not in the sunshine. When, okay, like, that's cool. And, and like, for, like, forget the fact that those teams are probably, like, probably better than USC, um, at least Ohio State and Michigan are. Um, you have to – you're asking I – could, I could be Oregon, like, if I'm – well, Oregon's going with them. But at least Oregon's a little colder. You know what I'm saying? Like, those kids <laughs> – that, that go from USC to Oregon, or, I mean, California to Oregon, like, it's kind of colder there anyway. Like, they know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, no, Oregon is not going with them. They're not going to the Big Ten, at least not no, yet. No, they're not. So, like, yeah, like, you could say if you're Oregon, like, Oregon's a great program. I think Dan Lanning's doing a fine job um, over there. Um, I could stay over there, stay in the Pac-12, or I could go, you know, I could go go to Utah. I could go, you know, stay close to home. And it's just, I, I don't know that. And then now you have Colorado in the Pac-12 with Deion Sanders. You know he's going straight into California, and he's going to take, he gonna cut into some of them kids too. So I think I think it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how it happens. And a lot of the things he does, like, I don't know what, I, I don't know what kind of coach he is, obviously. But, for example, as I was telling Robert, that video that you just played, you would never see some shit like that in, out of Nick Saban. You think Nick Saban's never told his kids some shit like that? Of course he has. He's probably told them, he's probably told them worse. You think, you think Kirby Smart's never told, you know, giving his kids some kind of similar speech? Of course he has. Hell, right now at Miami, I'm sure Mario Cristobal, had, like, like, at least from my understanding, What's going on in Miami right now, they're probably about to see a whole bunch of kids enter the portal tomorrow. Because basically, Mario Cristobal and his staff misses these guys. Is, bro, y'all not good enough. Y'all don't belong here. Y'all, you, you 5'10 linebackers, beat it. You know, you, 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 know, you, you safeties or corners that can't cover, beat it. 
Like you're not good enough. You don't, you, you don't either. You don't look the part or you're not willing to work hard enough or you don't want enough, whatever it is. Get out of here. Like these coaches, coaches tell people, tell kids, you know, raw truths like that a lot. It happens. I've done it to my kids too when I coach. Shocker. But you don't record. Yes, I have. I'm a good coach. <laughs> what you want? I ain't going to lie to you. You want me to tell you that you're good and you suck? I'm not telling you that. That's a lie. Let your parents tell you that, not me. Let your, let you go home and let your parents tell you how you play good, Timmy. Well, you sat there on the bench the whole damn time. You was a really good water right, boy, Brandon. Timmy. You did great. The anyway. Kid, the kids at I, Twin Peaks. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah, doing that kind of stuff, uh, how will it go well? It's going to go over well, I'm sure it's fine, when you're at like Jackson State and you're 26 and 5 in whatever, two or three years. He was over there. But – you know, is that going to go over well with these dudes if you go eight and four? If you go seven and five? I mean, anything if is you, better if than you, what you're doing right now? <laughs> I, would, I would assume so. Well, look, I get it. Like, like the first maybe year or two, that might not be an issue. Because at that point, you know how it is, Clayton. That's like the honeymoon period. Yeah, like, exactly. you can't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But even, like, after that, once we get past that, we're in year three, we're in year four assuming he stays that long. And he's and, and it doesn't even matter whether it's at Colorado or he even maybe in two years he leaves and goes somewhere else to a bigger program. At some point in time, Deion Sanders coaching at this level, like it doing those kinds of things where he's recording his speeches. He and he's done it. He does you see it every game. You yeah. pre game or post game, like every Saturday you've seen some video of what Deion Sanders is telling his kids in in this locker room. So like if we're talking about Colorado, like how will that go over if in year three, you know, they have a a, a, a blue chip, a, a blue chip ratio, which is basically measures how many four and five star recruits you have on your team, a blue chip ratio like in the top fifteen, and you get you get stomped out by by um I don't know fucking Washington at home, like how's that gonna go? And 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 you and you fall to like. And, and you fall to three and five get after getting stomped out. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how is that going to go over when things aren't going well? So, you know, we'll kind of see. And that might be one of my biggest concerns because while I don't have any issue with Dion leaving Jackson State or really anything Dion's doing, um, even the videos, my biggest concern is, look, I think it's pretty obvious Dion's here for himself. Like, Dion. It, like he records those videos about him. That's not about anybody else but Deion Sanders. Can we agree about that? Yeah, I, I mean, what is what? I mean, you know the quote, Rob. What does he always say? What Dion always say? Mm. Dion's here for Dion. Oh yeah, Dion's here for Dion. Dion's and, about Dion. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh real quick. Uh, thank you, Brandon. Uh, but Khalil, do you have anything to say about Dion going to Colorado before we I move will on? I be watching, not all of them. But at least half of the Colorado games. Are you sure? Because those are those are those are ten o'clock games. Go on. Yeah, it's ten at night. Yeah, got nothing else to do. Shit. I mean, we seen him fucking watch Formula One at the club, so we're fine. That is true. Commitment. Yeah. Commitment. Uh, you. I just want to say it kind of messed up to tell somebody you've been a disappointment to your parents. He didn't say that. He said he in the speech. He didn't. Say nah, that. he did. He said your parents. Some of your parents. <laughs> Even at this point, the fans don't deserve this. Your parents don't deserve oh, this. Oh, he did say that. That doesn't necessarily mean disappointment. 
That doesn't necessarily. The parents mean are the fans. They understand watching your, watching your your son get his ass beat. I mean, you know, it is what it look, is. Look, look. All I'm gonna say, look, uh, look. I'm. A, I, I don't know. Maybe Clayton hasn't seen this too much because George has been pretty good. But I know I've seen a lot of it as a as a Miami fan on Twitter. Some some of them uh, some of them parents think uh, you know the kids should be playing a little better too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. You know. So are, is everyone good with college? Everyone's good? Yeah? All right. Let's move on to the NFL. Like I said, <laughs> the Steelers beat the Falcons 19-16. to 16. Uh, Kenny Pickett, 197 yards, one touchdown. Nothing crazy. Marcus Mariota, another 100-yard day. 167 uh, yards, one touchdown, one interception. Nothing coming out of this game. That game was kind of ass. Uh, the Can we stop reading Marcus Mariota's stat line? I, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. I, I'll say yes. Uh, Green Bay Packers beat the Chicago Bears 28-19. to Aaron Rodgers having 182 yards, one touchdown. A.J. Dillon having 93 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Christian Watson also caught a touchdown and ran for a touchdown. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say he's had eight touchdowns in his last four games. I could I be believe right. you're also, I would just like to petition. Look, you know what? New rule. If you don't throw for 200 yards, we will not be reading your stats. 108. Fair. That'll be the shortest no, NFL. Not <laughs> <laughs> nah, the way, the way the NFL is going this year, I mean, we kind of have to. It, no, 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 no. We don't, no, 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 no. We don't have to. All right. Okay? Because we can, look, look. Y'all want to wanna be out here throwing for 182 yards? That's fine. Go ahead. But you're not going to get any recognition from us. Let Phil Sims tell you how great you are. Or, or Chris Sims. <laughs> Let Chris Sims tell you. I mean, I, I usually talk about the quarterback because he's always the one that has the ball in his hand, you know? And then whoever has a decent look, game, you know, I, I got to give this. a plug, you know? Let's think about this logically. The reason why we read all these stats for fantasy football. If your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and he threw for 182 yards, does that matter to you? No. And You're probably touchdown. lost anyway. You probably lost anyway. Doesn't matter. You probably lost anyway. The 182 yards is probably worth like seven points. And all right, he threw for the touchdown. That's four. 11 points from the quarterback. Not that's five. Touch. And then if Aaron Rodgers is your fantasy quarterback, if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is your fantasy oh, quarterback at this shit. point of the season, you're probably in last place anyway. So like it doesn't. Where matter. did that go? <laughs> All right. Well, someone who did throw over 200 yards, Justin Fields, 254 yards, but he had two interceptions. There we go. Two interceptions. He had like. Uh, he did know. have like eight. He had 70, 71 yards, 71 yards on the ground and one touchdown. One of those uh, touchdown runs being a 55-yard run, which seems like he has a 50-plus-yard quarterback run every other week. So, but nothing coming out of this game. You know, not I don't even think they're fighting for a playoff spot. The Lions and the Jaguars. The J- Lions absolutely demolished the Jaguars, forty to fourteen. Jared Goff having three hundred and forty, <laughs> three hundred and forty yards and two touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown had one hundred and fourteen yards and two touchdowns receiving. Christian Kirk had six receptions for one hundred and four yards. The only reason I'm going to talk about Trevor Lawrence, he didn't throw for over two hundred, but uh, he came out of this game with either a knee or an ankle injury, and I don't ankle. think it was ankle? Yes. Okay. And he went back in the game. He went back in? He threw Dog, a touch. Did you see the, the clip? I did. I, I did. thought he broke that shit. I will. We're going to get there to breaking ankles, but uh, he threw a touchdown pass to Evan Ingram in the third quarter, and he was walking out when the Lions were still on the field to start the third. 
He was the last. He was the last one to come out of the tunnel by like five minutes. So, but I will say, I'm very disappointed in you, Clayton. What did I do? You did not read that Jamal Williams got a touchdown. Jamal, now, I know. Jamal Williams did get a touchdown. I mean, he's not hearing the thing, though. But that, Jamal Williams did get a touchdown, and he is the league leader in touchdowns with 13. Cares Nobody cares about that. He has 14 touchdowns on the year, 14. which just so happens to be the same amount of touchdowns that the Broncos offense has generated. Thank you very much. You can go ahead and talk about that. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh the Vikings beat the Jets 27 to 22. The Vikings did everything in their power to lose this game, but the Jets just fought harder to lose. Mike White, 369 yards and two interceptions. Uh, Garrett Wilson having eight receptions for 162 yards. Kirk Cousins didn't throw over 200. Justin Severson didn't. He had a decent game. Uh, no, never mind. He had, he caught a touchdown. Dalvin Cook, 86 yards on the ground and a touchdown. This game went all the way down to the wire. The Jets were on the one-yard line, two-yard line, some, and they just could not punch it in against the Vikings. And then they ended up coming down the field, ended up being inside their own 10, and then Mike White threw an interception on fourth down. So, but the, are the Jets a good team? No. Defensively, okay. yes. Defensively. The rest of but the with Mike White, I mean, he has he's throwing better stats out there than fucking than Zach Wilson was. Damn, there was well, a stat. their problem is their problem is that at least today, as me and Robert were on the phone, Robert and I were on the phone uh, for most of this game. Um, God rest his soul, Tony Sperano was out here having a field day watching this game. He was loving field goals, baby. I saw them boys get into the red zone probably like three or four times. And they, not even the red zone. Like they got like inside the five, inside the ten. Field goal every time. Uh, the reason I ask is because there are three AFC East teams in the playoff race right now. The Patriots are quote-unquote in the hunt. The only other division that has, you know, their most of their playoff or most of their teams in the playoff race is the fucking NFC East with all... If it's playoff started right now, the NFC East has all four playoff teams. The AFC has three. I, I'm just a, I'm just asking the question. They have seven wins, and they almost beat the two lost Vikings. I mean, it, it, it you posed the question. That's all I'm saying. I understand that they're in the same division, but I, I don't know what to do with Mike White. I don't know what to do with him. He's, he's, he's better than he, Zach Wilson. He is better than Zach Wilson, but do you just keep riding him? Because yeah, at this point, well, no, 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 hold on. I was going to say, do you keep writing him into next year? Because the way they're playing right now, oh, they're not, no, no, they no. don't have a top spot to pick a QB. So do you draft no, no, a no. QB again next year? And then let Zach no, Wilson well, ride the bench they, again? No, no, no. They need to draft one, but they probably need to draft one in like the, I don't know, like the third to fifth round. I, you know, I don't know what pick they got or how many of each they got, but they probably need to take one in that range and, you know, kind of develop him maybe he get maybe I don't know, maybe he's like a Dak Prescott or something but yeah next year they need to go they, they need to go see if they could trade for like Derek Carr or or, or Jimmy G or something because yeah nah, Mac, Mac, their, their team's actually like everything else but the quarterback is good enough to uh, I wouldn't say maybe necessarily like put them as like Super Bowl favorites or anything like that but they're definitely good enough to they're definitely a playoff team and definitely good enough to be like, you know what? Hey, maybe they can, 
make a run like the Bengals if their quarterback was better. All right. Well, we have another tie, so that's always fun. Uh, the commanders and the Vi- uh, the commanders and the Giants tied. Taylor Heineke throwing for 275 yards and two touchdowns. Brian Robinson on the ground, 96 yards. Terry McLaurin having 105 yards and one touchdown. Vanilla Vic having 200 yards passing, just beat the cutoff by Brandon's measures and one touchdown. Also had 71 yards on the ground. Uh, both teams just uh, Taylor. I what I think they've won their last five games. The Commanders, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about that. Uh, maybe like five of the last six or something. But like I said, the NFC East is tough. All four teams are about to make the playoffs if everything stands still. But it is what it is. The Eagles beat the Titans 35 to 10. Jalen Hurts, 380 yards, four total touchdowns, three passing, one on the ground. A.J. Brown having a revenge game, 119 yards receiving, along with two touchdowns. Kept Derrick Henry in check. Didn't even pass fucking 30 yards rushing. A um, couple things I want to say this. Jordan Davis came back. Excited about that. He came out, and then he went back in again, so thank God. N'Kobe Dean finally got playing time and led the team in tackles, only playing an entire quarter. Led the team in tackles, wow. playing an entire quarter. Also, uh, Jalen Hurts got taken out at the start of the fourth quarter. No, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. So they kind of you know called it by that point as well. Um, nothing really else coming out of that game. We have the Ravens <laughs> beating the Broncos ten to nine, and going by uh, going by uh, Brandon's measures. I can't talk about anything in this game other than they had a ninety-five yard drive to win the fucking game. Russell Wilson doesn't even have as many touchdowns as he has fucking toilets in his house. There's twelve toilets in his house. He has eight touchdowns on the year. What are is we that, doing? Is that, is that real? That is real, Brandon. If you go on TikTok, there's a kid. There's a kid that talks about it every single week. Like he has a whole recap. But whatever. Again, I don't. I don't know what to do with the Broncos. They're fucking three and nine. I whatever. We'll just keep it moving. Oh, prayers up to Lamar Jackson. Came out of this game with an injury on his knee. He went to the locker room. I don't know if he got carted or rewalked or whatever. But hopefully, nothing seriously happening with him because. As you could tell, very key component Aren't to the Baltimore like a Ravens. Wide eight and four. They are eight and four. Yeah, there's and that's with some. There's a lot of sneaky teams. Call in the it picture. quiet. I think it's more like they're lucky to be eight and four. But like a. a well, here's the thing, though. I mean, a eight and four. Can they? No. Wasn't so bad. They they would probably only have like two losses on the season. Like if you watch their games, they hold it down like throughout the like the entirety of the game, and then like their defense just lets them down. Like they've blown like three when, leads. When, this year. Yeah, when Brandon when Brandon came over last week before you guys came over, we were talking about how just shitty Marcus Peters is playing this year. Mm-hmm. Like it is atrocious on where he was at one point, yeah. and now this year he's just bad. And I'll get to another guy who because he's coming and monday's not going to be happy about that because oh my god he looked bad today and he looked bad last week too but we'll get there in a second uh we have the browns beating the texans 27 to 14 nope <laughs> kyle, oh, wait wait kyle Allen had 201 yards and a touchdown okay, we'll <laughs> uh, but all the all the uh touchdowns for uh the browns came off either a punt return a fumble return, and a 16-yard uh, interception for a uh, touchdown. Nothing on the offensive side of the ball. So, just want to keep it moving. It didn't matter even if it did happen. Yep. He who shall not be named could have threw for 600 fucking yards. <laughs> His name will not be mentioned on this podcast. No thanks. 
Uh, we have the C. Oh, this is the game that I wanted to talk about. The Seahawks beat the Rams twenty-seven <laughs> to twenty-three on a Geno Smith, a Geno Smith eight-yard pass to DK Metcalf. Geno Smith three hundred and sixty-seven yards, three touchdown, three touchdowns, one interception. Tyler Lockett having one hundred and twenty-eight yards receiving and one touchdown. This is the question at hand. I don't know if you guys watch this game. I know you're about to come no, back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I saw that touchdown, too. I was like, ooh. I'll get there in a second. I'll get there in a second. The the Rams, Ramsey and uh, and Bobby Wagner had a little, I guess, tiffy or something. I, I don't know if they were trying to psych each other up or, or, or something, but players were around them, and they were yelling and screaming at each other, but they weren't really, like, getting in each other's faces or whatever. And then five plays later, you went to the Seattle sideline. Seattle had a whole team huddle, and they were jumping and getting routed. Like, this game was a grimy-ass fucking game. DK and Jalen were getting after it, play after play. Billy Wagner was getting in. Uh, uh, Bobby Wagner was getting into it, uh, play after play. Everyone was just chirping it up after every, every possession. But... I need to pose the question, and I'm sorry to even pose this question. Is Jalen Ramsey still a good corner? Because I saw what Travis Kelsey did to him last week. I've seen what DK has done to him a couple times. You can actually, and you can actually go back to the Super Bowl because that last play of the game, Jamar Chase was butt naked. naked. Open. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it is. It, I'm not, and I'm not trying to disrespect him. But is he still a good cornerback in the game of football? I do think he is still a good cornerback. Top five? No. Okay. Top ten. Okay, well. You can name me five cornerbacks no, better than him right terrible now? Terrible with names. Just give me the team. I'll, t- I'll, I'll do it for you. Dolphins. I mean, statistically Not this year, buddy. Xavier Howard is better than Jalen Smith. You're sm- not this year. Have you seen Xavier Howard this year? Now look, hold on, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I'll give you three right off the bat because I saw the stat today. Darius Slay, Tariq Woolen, and James Bradbury have the lowest passer ratings in the NFL. That's fine. I'm not gonna argue. I'm not gonna argue. They're playing well. Who was he? Sauce. Thank you. Sauce oh no no! He talked about no. He talked about Sauce. Remember him? Okay. Remember? And that's fine. He, 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 I was there. Fine. You think Sauce is overrated? That's fine. That's your business. He is better than Jalen Ramsey. No, he's not. Excuse me. Statistically, Excuse he is. Me? I'm not going for it. Well, look, it wouldn't be statistically if if they actually counted the pass interference calls. You should get called on them, but nobody calls them. But I'm leaving it alone. Okay, we can play I'm the leaving it alone. I'm leaving it alone. To. All right, y'all. Y'all see. Y'all will see. You will see. All right. Oh, I do see it. I see DK <laughs> wide open. Sometimes you just got to see some things through. That's all. It don't look good right now, but it'll get there. They're three and nine. Who? Ah. The Rams. Oh, no. Jalen Jalen needs to get off this team. This team is trash. Oh, Bobby Wagner. Dolphins. Hey. Yes. Bo- well, yes, I would do that. Also, uh, Matthew Saffron went on our. I know that's something to talk about. Cooper Cup's out. Aaron Donald's out. Fucking the whole team, it feels like they're out. But whatever. We'll keep it moving. Uh, the Raiders beat the Chargers 27 to 20. Uh, we have Justin Herbert, 335 yards, one touchdown. Keenan Allen finally doing something, 88 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams. God, the Raiders went on an offensive tear. Derek Carr, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, 144 yards, one touchdown. Devontae Adams, 177 yards and two touchdowns. The Raiders. Five and seven. 
Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. Uh, uh, nothing really to talk about this game. The Chargers are still, quote-unquote, in the hunt with the Patriots, but, I mean, do what you want with the with the Raiders. Uh, we have the Bengals beating the Chiefs. Talk about another fucking grimy ass game i feel like every every defensive uh play this this game was a blitz it felt like they were trying to get after the quarterback every single time you saw jamar chase's fucking fucking celebration right throwing money on the chiefs players uh patrick mahomes 223 yards one touchdown (laughs) your boy marquez valdez scantley two receptions 71 yards Efficient. Uh, Joe Burrow, 286 yards, two touchdowns. Samaji P. Ryan, 106 yards, and uh, no touchdowns. Jamar Chase, seven receptions for 97 yards. Joe Burrow, or another, I guess you can consider quiet eight and four team. I guess you can consider uh, Joe Burrow three and zero versus Patrick Mahomes. Just wanna, just wanna throw that out there. Doesn't really need to be talked about, but interesting to see. Uh, final game. Got to talk about it, guys. Here comes the pain. The 49ers beat the Dolphins 33-17. to uh, Brock Purdy, 200, Mr. Irrelevant, 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Christian McCaffrey having a decent day on the ground and in the air. Over 100 yards of total offense, 66 yards uh, rushing, 80 yards receiving, and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, 146 yards, one touchdown. Tua, 295 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, just want to let it be known, Jimmy Garoppolo has already said, or, well, Kyle Shanahan has already come out and said that he broke his foot, not his ankle. I thought it was his foot. Or, I mean, I thought it was his ankle. Coming out and saying he's out for the rest of the season completely changes the NFC uh, West dynamic because the Seahawks are still around. Um, came out of the game very early. Brock Purdy comes in. Not, I'm not going to say marches down the field. Oh, want to say that you guys had the first play of the game was a 75-yard touchdown on a crossing route. My guy, Sherfield. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this game, guys. You guys want to say it or? Do- the Dolphins. Uh, now, Tua played like, like shit in the beginning, and that's what just set us back. Because um, when it came down to it, like, there were multiple times we could have we won that game. Um, but you had the Gusecki. Uh, call that got overturned, which rightfully so, he didn't catch it. The one on his helmet? Uh, At the end of the half? No. I mean, in the second no, half. It was like, no, I think it was like on his... Oh, it, oh. No, it might have been his helmet. It was something like that, but... I, it was I, not really on his helmet. It was more like sitting on homeboy Greenlaw's arm. Yeah. You know? He was like holding Greenlaw's like arm and like The one in the fourth quarter. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's the one you're that talking about. Yeah. He never really had the ball. That was a drive that would have given us the lead there. Um, the, not the first interception, but the second one where he threw it behind Tyreek. Oh, and Tyreek popped it up it, in the it air. Was, it, was, it was our first possession there. Threw mm. a pick. That just set us back again. Um, and, I mean, I, I think the defense did what they were supposed to do. But, I mean, you can only hold up for so long if, if you have to be on the field for more than half the fucking game because, you know. <clears throat> Brandon, talk, I mean, we talked about best offenses of football. You guys had possession in – when when the stat was said, I believe it was the start of the fourth quarter. I believe 
You guys only possessed the ball for 13 minutes of the game, but you guys put up 17 points. Talking about the big play execution. Well, you know, when it was and meanwhile, the Niners had fucking 36 minutes of fucking possession. Well, yeah, our de- our it's defense, insane. Our defense did exactly what they were supposed to do. It's just like I said, you can only I actually up disagree so with you. I don't think the defense did a good job. I think, okay. Um, I think for, like, personally speaking, like, I mean, uh, and again, something else Robert and I talked about, um, I think their defensive game plan, at least after Jimmy G got hurt, wasn't a very good one. He basically spent, like, three consecutive possessions in the first half, zero blitzing on, like, 75% of the downs, and they got burned every single time. Awesome. Um, and, and you got to kind of – I personally think uh, Josh Boyer needed to – I think he kind of gave a young quarterback – and, I, yes, young, but he also had never – he only played in one game in his career to that point. You gave a quarterback, a young quarterback with very little experience, confidence, because if you're out here coming, sending him a zero blitz like every time, and he's like carving you up, you're going to feel good about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I also think just in general, aside from the zero blitzing, I think they probably put, played way too much man-to-man. And if you know, look, man, playing against man-to-man is a lot easier to to deal with. The reads are cleaner and easier than against zone. So I personally think the Dolphins should have played more zone coverage. Um, I don't really have a problem with the zero blitz. It's just I think maybe more more decoys maybe like you show the zero and you show the zero and you, you drop out you drop back into a zone um throw a little more make it a little more junky for the young player make him have to make reads make him have to see the field quickly and make quick decisions i don't think the dolphins did that two things that i just wanted to say i'm not trying to egg it on i do not watch dolphin games because usually at the same time the eagles games are going on but i made it clear to watch this game just because you know how big it was the second jimmy g went down and i have a question about that i I forgot to tell you about it in the rundown um when jimmy g went down i'm like oh dolphins running away with this and then that was actually my biggest bigger fear what when the when the quarterback you prepared for all week is the one that welcome to the georgia bulldogs that's the okay (laughs) now what the fuck are you preparing for but uh when he went down i was like oh this game's this game's a fucking wrap I want to know in terms of, I mean, would, what happened in terms of offense? Because I understand that the Niners are a good rushing team. From from when I found out that Jimmy G went out from, like, the that moment to, like, the end of the second quarter, I didn't watch that game. And then I started watching it again because I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck is going on? What ha- what what happened in the offense today? That's what I'm concerned about. I genuinely just think that just Tua just was missing the easy throws because they were wide the fuck open. Like, like the Tyreek Waddle- Hill one, yeah. like you said. Tyreek was open. Tyreek. Waddle was open like half the fucking game. But he I think he just- had one catch, right? I think he had maybe yeah, two. Yeah, he did. One or he two. Probably okay. missed- he probably missed. He literally, like, no exaggeration, probably missed at least like 120 yards worth of passing. Yeah. Waddle, just to Jalen Waddle alone. Hitting him in the hands, but not. It's not one of those things where like hit him in hands. But he, make he was throwing. It was just yeah. He was throwing high. He was throwing high the whole game. But honestly, he just didn't look comfortable. Like, look, I think he's just feeling. I'm not game. gonna sit here. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm. I'm like discrediting the 49ers defense. Um, but everything that the Dolphins have had all year, 
the middle of the field, the quick slant routes, the shots downfield, all that was there in this game. Tua just didn't hit him. Um, I do want to give credit to Mike McDaniels. Uh, I've been slowly coming around to him because going for it on fourth and one on your own 18, that you want to talk about balls. Got a lot of See, them. The thing is, I, the way our offense works is like we're confident we can make those. It's just two just have to put it in the right spot. No, but you know and, I mean? he, like, and he did. That was a beautiful, to be honest, that was a beautiful fucking play call. Just to have everyone go off to the right and Tyreek Hill is just sitting in zone. That was a beautiful play call. I'll say that. Um, what I wanted to say was the offensive line, Teron Armstead ended up not playing. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you're right, tackle went out too? Yes? No? Yeah. Uh, he did not play. He did not. Uh, and then at some point, at some point, we uh, I think one, I think it was Robert Jones, one of the guards, got hurt too. Okay. Are we chalking this up to the offensive line not being? No, oh, no, 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 straight that's, up. That's, it's on two. It's on two. I, I think just two. Two has got to be better. Yeah. Okay. Has to be better. Like because even look, regardless of what I said about the defensive play calling and all that stuff, if Tua hits all those throws that he's been hitting all year. The Dolphins probably still – it's like a shootout, but they probably win that game. Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. How many they had? Uh, got 33. Maybe they win oh, that game like 30. That was another 30. stat. You guys didn't convert a third down the entire game. Didn't, yeah. Yeah, that was another, was, that was another I, huge I stat think, that I didn't realize. Like I said, he was missing the passes he was supposed to make that he usually makes without any issues, but also he was just feeling the pressure. Like he had to move a lot more because of what the, um, what the 49ers defense was doing to him. So – but I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I know, you know, he'll be ready for the next game. So I have three more things. And I'm, look at me making a Homer pot about the Dolphins. Homer look pot over. Look at me. Uh, one, Robert, do you have anything to say before I go on my two questions? Because you've been, you've been kind of quiet about today's game. You know, it was a few weeks ago. I think it was the Lions game. I saw Eric Rowe was inactive, and I was wondering why Eric Rowe was inactive. But after seeing his performance today, I totally understand why he was inactive. He don't want to tackle nobody. He, he always just, just goes after the ball. He just be standing there, like, like. No, who, who I wish he after the ball. He was just standing there doing nothing. <laughs> like they had a QB sneak, Zach Steeler, beautiful play, sheds the block, oh, stuff block that. Brock Purdy like I a yard that. behind the I line. Eric Rowe that. out here, Eric Rowe just taking in the sights of Santa Clara, California. Fucking, Fucking uh, bump. <laughs> Uh, second thing, I'm not trying to discredit the Dolphins. They've been a very good team this year, very good talent. Do you think this humbles them, quote-unquote, in a sense? Or do you think this makes them hungrier or anything like that? Because Tua, Tua this season, up until right now, has been undefeated. Those three losses, four, well, three losses, were Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridge. So do you think... He, he technically has a loss because he started the Bengals. Well, yeah, and then what? He came out on the second? Almost down the field. Before. Yeah, second quarter. He didn't yeah. finish that game. Yeah. Undefeated. In, they were undefeated in games to a finish. Finished, yeah. Started and finished. Finished, yeah. Um, so, fuck, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, do you think this humbles him? Do you think, like, that this this is they're fine? Like, everyone's okay? It's business as usual. Business I as think usual. They're, I think this is something they learn from because I think, well, so I'm, they have had adversity this year. They've had to come back in a few games. They had to grind out a bill, a win against the Bills. The crazy um, even, comeback versus the fucking Ravens. Yeah, they had that game. They had like they had a couple like games that like that Lions game they won. Like 
the defense didn't really play that well in the first half, but they locked it down in the second. So, like, they've had adversity. But what they really haven't dealt with, at least fully, uh, not necessarily fully healthy, but with Tua at the helm, is a loss. Um, you know, because you look back at the three losses they had prior, it's, well, you know, Tua got hurt in the Bengals game, and then the other two games, um, uh, we prepped Teddy Bridgewater, but then he had to come out with the concussion. So we're out there with Skylar Thompson, and then we started Skylar Thompson, and then he gets hurt, and now we're back to Teddy Bridgewater. You know, so, like, you kind of using that as, like, your excuse or your reason to kind of dismiss those three games. Um, and that is an adversity in itself, but that's not the team you anticipate having. You anticipate having Tua at the helm, you have Tyreek, you have Waddle, all that stuff. This is actually some adversity that they have not faced. Um, They just didn't play well. Tua didn't play well. He missed a lot of throws he normally makes. Um, And so I I think this will ultimately make them better because now it's Tua, McDaniel, the team. They got to kind of, they got to get in there this week. They got a big game Sunday night next week against the Chargers. Um, If you thought, if the pressure of, Again, I don't really know why Tua, Tua didn't look comfortable. Maybe it was like, I don't know, we've got to win this one for, for Mike McDaniel. He's going back to face um, his old boss or whatever. Well, the spotlight's going to – it ain't going anywhere this week. you got a Sunday night game against Justin Herbert. Um, and let's be honest, like right now it's social media. It's, it's a lot of Tua versus Herbert. Same draft. Um, Tua went higher. Did he go higher? Yeah. Tua went a pick higher. Um, a lot of people talk about the talent of Justin Herbert, you know, but Tua has more wins. Justin Herbert can't seem to get over 500 for whatever reason. That was my and, next thing. Hold on. Wait, sorry. Finish your statement. I'm sorry. So that spotlight is going to be right on you still. Tua is squarely on you this time. Um, you got to respond. You got to play better because this, like, you're not in the playoff yet. You still gotta, you still gotta win, win some of these. You still gotta win these games this, down the stretch. And then after we play the Bills get in, there. in Buffalo, and then the Bills then next we week in Buffalo to play the Packers. The Eagles fucking play the Giants, the Bears, and the Cowboys on the road. Scary. The, anyways, the Giants. Come on, now. I've seen that experiment. <laughs> it's a done deal. Over um, Tua came out of this game, I guess you could say, with an ankle injury, but he's expected to start next week. I think mostly he, they just wanted to give him an injury tag on the fumble recovery for a touchdown. That's, but I, I think he's fine. I think they just wanted an excuse to bring him out. Things, I don't know why Tua does this because he's not the only small quarterback in the league. He just ragdolls when he gets sacked. Like he, oh, just, like, <laughs> he just goes limp and just like falls over, and it's like terrifying every time he gets hit. I don't know. Uh, this was my question, Colin, uh, sorry, Brandon brought it up about winning. Uh, and I thought about this coming into this week, Jimmy G, uh, goes out there and just wins football games. Uh, whether it be on the Patriots, whether it be on the Niners, we talked about it last week that him having the same record as Steve Young. And I think two wins behind Joe Montana, but we necessarily never really put respect on Jimmy G's name. I personally don't. I personally think Jimmy G's a fucking game manager, and that's the best he's gonna be. But Brandon and you and you, you guys talk about wins when it comes to a quarterback. Where do we put Jimmy G in the in the rankings of quarterback if, when he goes out there? I mean, he came out today with an ankle injury, but out for the season. Jimmy, hold on, hold on, Jimmy. hold on, hold on. Okay. 
Where do we put Jimmy G in the echelon of quarterbacks? Super Bowl starter, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's average. He's somewhere in the 15 range. Somewhere. I was going to say he's top 15. Okay. Um, and the, he's and a, the, he's and a game the, manager. That's, okay. that's what he is. He's nothing more than a game manager. But look, he, like you said, he wins games. And ultimately, is that not what matters? That's what I was like, asking. Like, who cares? Like, who cares? Who ca- Like, okay, if the 49ers had had Justin Herbert, like their quarterback better. But it's I wasn't also, trying to bring it to that. I was just asking. That was the general. It, it doesn't matter. Like I'm using Justin Herbert because I happen to know that he doesn't have a winning record. I, I, I could say oh, Garrett Carr. So, but no, he just so happens to know that. <laughs> I do know that because I, I, I see it all the time. I don't think there, I, I don't, I could use Derek Carr, but I have no idea what Derek Carr's record is. He might be a winning quarterback and I, I don't know. Um, but it, fine. You want to use Derek Carr? Fine. If they have Derek Carr, like, and and they they out here got the Raiders record, like, what does it matter? Like, is Derek Carr like better than Jimmy G? Yeah, he's more talented, but like, they're five and seven, so what does it matter? With Jimmy G, they're eight and four, so. All right. You see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't doesn't really matter. That's all I was asking. All right. Any anything you guys want to get off your chest? Oh well, I'm sorry. As of right this second, you'll hear it tomorrow. Uh, the Colts are playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys are up 21-13 at halftime. A closer game than I expected. Tomorrow, we got the Saints and the Bucks. Two pretty shitty primetime games. Um, anything you guys want to get off your chest about the NFL real quick before we move on to final thoughts, which turns into a segment now, apparently? Nothing? No. No, you're good, Khalil. Rob, you're good. All right. Khalil, final thoughts. Shout out to the uh, U.S. men's team for at least making it to the elimination round. Um, Giving them a shout out for that crap. I mean, it was cra- <laughs> it was crap, but you know it is. Greg it is. Berhalter got got like undressed tactically. Oh my god, that was gross. <laughs> he out here made like it was so bad that the that Louis Van Hall, the for those of you who don't know, the manager of the Dutch national team, literally came out in his interview. And said, you know, they didn't really adjust. They did. They did what they, they came out there and they did. We we exploited their flanks and they never made any adjustments. That's how we beat them. So yeah, come on. I, no, no, look, the players. Great for you. Not your fault that your coach sucks. But you know, heck. I mean, it's the effort. You know, they, they tried. <laughs> They tried, you know. What, what did they say? I believe that we will win. I fucking hate that. Okay, we got the women next year, Clay. Bring it home, baby. That's two true. years. Two years. Next year, 2023. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm fine with that. Uh, um, anything else, Clay? Fight the power as always. I think that's all I got. Brandon, final thoughts? Yes, I just have one. Um, we spoke about Trey Young, I believe it was. Uh, Thursday, uh, the Friday show was it, Robert? Oh, I? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait I for the Thursday show. I, I cannot wait I, for the Thursday show. <laughs> I I believe I also spoke about Trey on uh, the week before on the Sunday show. I'm a little mention. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen this. I don't know if any of you listeners have seen this. Apparently, Trey Young did not play in their game against Denver because he got into a argument. With Nate McMillan, I saw that. Now, I saw that. Yeah. It was it was not anything like basketball related. Apparently, Trey Young has a shoulder injury, and there was disagreement about his rehab and whether he should play or not. Nate McMillan told him 
if you're going to play, you're going to come off the bench. Um, Trey Young was not feeling that. So Nate McMillan said, you come off the bench or you don't show up at all. And Trey Young didn't show up. And, you know, like, look, I'm not really going to get on him about that. You're a competitor. You want to play. I'm, I've been there. I don't blame him for that. However, a report following that news came out. Apparently, some key executives at, in the Hawks organization believe that Trey Young needs to be a, quote, more productive and positive face of the franchise. Say it for me. Go ahead. I have no clue what you want me to say. It starts with a W. Huh? It starts with a W. Winnie Hutt Jr.? Wolf. Oh, <laughs> man. I guess so. I don't know what the hell is going on. It's also the Atlanta Hawks. Like, what are we really expecting? Trey Young, nice talent, fantastic player. Not necessarily a winning player. Give me G. Just saying. Uh, are you, you good on final thoughts, Brandon? That's all I had. Okay. Uh, it'll be Monday, December 5th, and your Georgia Bulldogs, for the time being, are still your national champions. Uh, that was the first time in a long time that you've ever hit that fucking button. Uh, there was something else that I want. Oh, shout out to Jordan Davis coming back. I'm happy. Shout out to Nicobe Dean playing well. Uh, another shout out to your boy. Mr. Glassbones himself, 55 points, 17 rebounds, and a blowout win versus the fucking Wizards. Slowly coming around. You, he put up, I think he put up like 45 against the Bucks a couple nights ago. He's been week. putting up like decent numbers the last week. Actually, yeah, I think I saw a stat like the last 10 games, he's been putting up at least 25 points. Like I told you, sometimes you don't see it at first. But sometimes you just gotta you gotta see it through. For three years. He's gonna roll his ankle in a couple Slow days development. Hey, hey, don't put that. I rebuke that. Don't put that out there in the, in the world. Get out of here. All right. Rob, final thoughts? Oh, just oh I have one more thing. Go I ahead, have one man. more thing. Since, since we out here praising Anthony Davis, but we're not giving love to Bam out of bio? Oh, I was just doing it for Rob's sake. I was. I, I, I know what he's I doing. I mean, Bam has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, I think this might be what we've been waiting for. And yet, like Robert just said, like, like, shout out Pastor Lash said in his sermon today. <laughs> yes, sometimes you just got don't give up. Don't don't let go. You don't let go. All right. I know. I saw you. I know who y'all are out there on Heat Twitter. Out here shaming my dog. You know, call, letting call, him have it. Calling him Edris. Yeah. Call, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now, I know who all y'all are. Y'all gave up, but not me. I didn't, and I'm go. I'm seeing the fruits of my perseverance right now. Can I get an amen, Robert? Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That that's all. Rob, please close this fucking show out. Rob, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I really am. Oh, yo, Brandon, that was great, bro. That was great. That was a great line. Hold it the fort down. All right. This has been the latest and greatest episode from the Scorekeepers Podcast. We will see y'all on Friday. We out. This has been another five-star production.